I traveled to central Oklahoma in September with three of our missions leadership team members. And we were there to look and investigate into new partnerships with some indigenous or Native American congregations in Oklahoma. We hope to make our first trip for church members this summer. And one of the last things we did before we came home that last day was we paid a visit to the First Americans Museum there in Oklahoma City. And this modern indigenous museum, which is 175,000 square feet, tells all the beautiful stories and history and contributions of the 39 First American tribes that exist in Oklahoma today. It's creative and beautifully designed. And one of the very first things that you experience is this exhibit hall with a 270 degree origin theater. And in this theater, you listen to four creation stories from different tribes that are written, narrated, and animated by members of those tribes. And according to their Genesis stories about how their tribes came to be, some came from the sun, some came from sky, some came from earth, and some came from water. See, creation narratives give a culture life by designating a beginning and a purpose. They explain the universe and how things came to be and the meaning of the existence of a group of people and a culture. And cultures retell their genesis or creation stories for several reasons. It helps them understand who they are, helps them understand how they came to be. It helps them understand what they value and believe as a culture and how they are to be as a culture in the future. But it's really important to remember that these stories that we hear from these different groups are not historical or scientific reports. They are poetic. They are metaphorical. They give meaning and purpose to what is unknown, not with facts, but with narrative. Beautiful narrative. Instructive narrative. Every ancient and modern culture has creation stories. Because humans are people of wonder and curiosity and creativity. And while we know far more now about the cosmos than these ancient groups, there's still so much more we have to learn about it. We're fascinated by the world around us and within us, too. And sometimes that fascination is at the magnificent uh, abilities of the cosmos, the things that we can't even begin to grasp. And sometimes that fascination and wonder is also in the beauty of a song or a poem or a story that moves you in such a way that you can't even put words to it. Maybe that wonder and fascination is found in the beauty of a face or the burst of flavors in a meal or the brush strokes on a canvas or the brilliance of an idea or a concept that helps us transcend the moments. See, wonder and curiosity keep us engaged in the world around us. It's part of what makes us human. And the Hebrew people were also people of curiosity, wonder, and creativity. They too had creation or Genesis stories about the world around them and they, where they came from, and what the point of life is as the people of God. 
Much like there is more than one gospel account, there is more than one creation account in our Bibles. And we read one this morning from Genesis 1. There's another in Genesis 2. And all the major details of the two creation stories in those accounts are quite similar, but the order is very different. The way they approach it is very different. In one, in chapter one, it's more rigid and neat and tidy about how the world came into being. The second jumbles up the order quite a bit and turns the details into this more dramatic narrative about creation. And these two accounts give us this unique look at the creation story for both Judaism and Christianity. These accounts are not historical or scientific reports. These accounts, if we read them that way, are going to put us at odds with lots of things that we've learned in science class over the years. They are not about mass and matter or evolution or chemistry or biology. They are beautiful stories about God and God's people. They tell us in the beauty of these stories about who God is, who the creator is, and who we should be in response to that creator. In the beginning was a God who chose to create like a divine artist. Amid the disorder that existed, God spoke and creation unfolded. God brought forth order and light. With intention, the creator set the stage for life to flourish and thrive. God created, God said, God saw, God made, God blessed, God rested. These seven action verbs highlight that God acted with intention and that God is not a passive observer, but an active creative force behind it all and still is. The creation stories, our creation stories, tell this about God. They also teach us that while God created without the help of other gods, which was common among ancient creation myths, God chose to share in creation with all of his creation, to invite us to be part of the creation process. Nadia Boltz-Weber compares God to a kind-faced woman on the subway who takes her handbag out of her lap to make room for you to sit next to her. And she does that because that is the character of that kind-faced woman on the subway. That is who she is. Well, God scooted over and makes room for us to co-create with God. For all of creation to be a part of the creation process. If we read in Genesis 1, past our text today, we see these verses here in 11 through 12 that say, Then God said, Let the earth put forth vegetation. Plants yielding seed, and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. And God saw that it was good. And in verse 20 through 23, God said, Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. They got to join in on creation. And then God had a crazy explosion of creativity and made animals. Platypus, cockatiels, and narwhals, and sloths, and God's greatest invention, dogs. 
That's Bentley up in the right. And then God said, let us create humans in our own image and likeness. So God who chooses community, God who is relational, God who is the opposite of isolation, this God created every one of us in the image of God, formed from dust and given life through the very breath of God. And while everything else was declared good, we were declared very good. The crowning piece of God's creative work. God chose not to create alone. And God makes space for all of creation to join the creation process. Creation like you and me. And after the first six days of creation are done in Genesis 1, each day ends with the phrase, there was evening and there was morning. Each day has an ending to it, except for the seventh day. On the seventh day, the phrase does not appear. We read in chapter 2, on the sixth day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. The seventh day has no end. The seventh day is ongoing and happening now. God rested, not took a nap. God rested, abided with us and fully dwells with us because that is what God's desire is. God wants to be with us, to be in relationship with us. From the beginning of time, it has always been a story of Emmanuel, God with us. That is God's desire because God loves us. With us is God's resting place. So often we read that and we think, well, and on the seventh day, we'll take our good Sunday nap. It's been ordered by scripture. But I want you to think about God resting as God residing. Creation is done and the process continues, but God is abiding with us now, ruling as he has from the very beginning. Over all of creation, God's bringing order to the disorder of the world. God is sharing creation with us so that we might dwell with God and create with God together forever. God is scooted over because that is who God is, a relational God. And God has made us in God's image so we might join God in creating a world as God dreams it to bring, to bring order to the disorder. But the world isn't as God dreams, is it? We're all painfully aware of that. We've chosen our order over God's order, and we've made a mess of things. Creation is broken. Relationships are broken. How we treat the planet and people are anything but good. And often when we're called to account for this, for not living as God dreams for us to live, our response is, well, I'm only human. But to be human was never meant to be an excuse or a pass for being less than God designed us to be. You see, to be human is to remember that God declares you very good and that you are made in the image of God, God's crowning achievement. To be human means that we remember that there is a creation purpose for us to join God in creating this world as God dreams it to be, to help God bring order to where there is disorder. 
To be human was never meant to justify making the world less than God dreams. And into the less of this world, Emmanuel, God with us, through Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, shows us what it means to be a human who participates with God in bringing order to disorder. A human who brings light to darkness, hope to despair. You know, there's a third account of creation in our Bibles. In the Gospel of John, at the very beginning, beginning it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overtake it. In the beginning, when God's spirit hovered over the waters, when God brought order to disorder, when God spoke all of creation into being, Christ the word was present. And then the word made flesh. Jesus entered our world to save and restore and to bring order to the disorder. And just like the voice of God hovers above the waters in the creation story, the voice of God hovers above the waters when Jesus is baptized and the heavens open and the spirit descends and a voice came from heaven declaring, you are my son, my beloved. With you, I am well pleased. Jesus' ministry began on earth and he walked among us teaching us who the creator God is and what it means to be human, to be image bearers of God, to be part of God's ongoing creation process of bringing order to disorder. You see, God is still creating, and God is still scooting over to make room for us, for you, for me, for the brokenhearted and the hard-hearted, for the politicians down the street and the people who love their drink, for the tired mamas and the empty nesters, for the anxious-minded and the aimless wanderers, for the full of pride and the ones who never feel like they're enough, for those with a home and those far from home. God makes room for us all. One author remarked that like a mother hen brooding over her nest waiting for life to spring forth, God's spirit hovered over the waters. And the good news is that God's spirit still hovers over the formless void of broken lives and the great darkness in which the marginalized find themselves. When we look at our creation story, we're reminded that God is creator. And we're reminded how we respond to our creator. And we're reminded at the end of that story that God rests that God desires to be in relationship with us, that God is still actively creating, redeeming, and making space for us to partner with God, each in our own unique ways, thanks to the gift of the Spirit. We've been created in God's image so we might participate in God's dream for the world. And we've been redeemed by the Son of God so that we might bring God's order to disorder in our lives and in the world. Maybe it is as simple as being a kind-faced woman on the subway who 
put your bag in your lap to make room for someone else. And maybe it's as difficult as someone who makes space at a table of justice where others have been left out. It may start small in your own life where disorder is present and in need of God's order. It may be in a relationship or a place where the waters of disorder need order, where darkness reigns and it needs light. A place where a group of believers join hands with God and each other to bring light to the darkness. You see, through acts of love and compassion, we become bearers of God's image. We join in the ongoing creation process of making this world the world God dreams it to be. God created. Now what? Well, now we dwell with God and we create with God. Our lives are part of the ongoing creation narrative in which unfolds with every act of love and kindness and justice. And today we think, how can our creativity reflect the divine image in us? And how will we actively participate in the ongoing creation story for the glory of God and the good of the world? Would you bow your heads with me? Today I want to offer a time of some questions to just allow you to reflect from wherever you are, those joining us online at home and those here today in the sanctuary. I want to invite you to just close your eyes and reflect silently on these questions as we practice the presence of God together. Where are you encountering or feeling disorder in your life? What robs you of a sense of peace? Maybe there is disorder in a relationship. Perhaps you have a daily habit or a practice that brings disorder into your day in life. So now take a few moments to reflect. Where do you encounter disorder in your daily life? Now, what can you do to bring even a little order to a disordered space in your life? Is it creating more space in your day by turning off some of the noise or distractions that create disorder? Is it less time on social media or listening to the news? Is it praying to God or making time for a person you value? Is it adding silence to the beginning and end of your day where you sit before God as the Spirit reminds you 
that you are God's beloved. Take a few moments to reflect on how will you partner with God intentionally this week to create a space of order. Creator God, we are grateful that you bring order to places of disorder. Help us to partner with you to bring order to the disordered spaces of our lives and this world, to join you in your creation process that's still ongoing as we create and reveal with you the world that you dream it to be. And as we do, God, may we cultivate an attentiveness, God, a sense of awareness and awakeness to you and your loving presence with us. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen.